0: well hopefully joining me on the phone right now is marianne williamson a democratic candidate for president she's been in chicago for the past few days as a part of her campaign uh, marianne thank you so much for Hi. joining me
1: thank you so much for having me
0: sorry uh, you got stuck in the uh, chicago marathon traffic
1: yes i know I'm, I'm on the side of the street right now i'm sorry i couldn't make it to you
0: that's quite all right um uh, I wanted to ask you. You've obviously uh, you've been interviewed hundreds of times in in this campaign, and I'm I, I guess number one. What's the question nobody's asked you?
1: I don't think there is any question that nobody has asked <laughs> <laughs> actually, but maybe you can come up with one.
0: Well, I, I oh I, I who knows? <laughs> we'll 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 do our best. Uh, tell me how do you see a, a path to victory in this huge field of democratic presidential contenders
1: well as i've said many times there are two political universes one is the universe of the debates and the pundits and the dnc and the money and the polls that's this it's almost a it's almost political entertainment in a way and then there is another political universe and that's talking to voters That's actually being in the primary states. Even here in Chicago, which is not an early, Illinois is not an early primary state. But the conversations I've had with voters, Illinois women votes yesterday, different groups, Baptist ministers. I'm speaking this morning at Christ Universal Temple. When you're actually speaking to the American people. That's where democracy lives, in the minds and the hearts of people. And I find that Americans are aware that this is a very critical moment, and Americans, in my experience, are available for a deep and meaningful conversation about where we are, what needs to change, and how we need to make those changes. So I know that there is benefit to being there. I know that the American people, unlike you know, many establishment forces, which just wants to shut down, shut down this process and let's get going now. I think the American people are in process. People are listening. I'm one of those people who thinks it's actually very positive, very healthy for our democracy and for the Democratic Party, that there are so many voices. Let people listen. That's what my experience is in the primary state. People are listening. People are thinking people are processing. Now, none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we do know that American politics is very unpredictable. God knows Donald Trump is president. So as long as my heart says there's meaning and purpose to your talking about things that other candidates are not talking about... You're going deeper into what the cause is of our symptoms. You're talking about the children. You're talking about economic injustice. You're talking about the things we need to do to reverse climate change. You're talking about what we need to change in our national security agenda and the United States reclaiming its moral authority around the world. And as long as people are showing up, as long as people are coming to your talks, as long as people are donating and keeping this alive, then, then you're there. And when you recognize the forces that would look at someone like myself and say, you shouldn't be there, they are actually demonstrating why someone like me should be there. So, you know, you just kind of take the battering and you put another step forward because something more important is going on here than just deferring to a political elite.
0: Who are those forces that say you shouldn't be there? Is that the pundits and that kind of thing?
1: You know, there are neither the pundits nor political establishment are a monolith. So there are very uh, they're very conscious and ethical journalists who I have great respect for. And when you're when you're talking about a presidential candidate, there's a level of healthy skepticism that I respect and even admire. I mean that's their job to kick the tires. But then there's another there's another layer of entertainment of, of I say entertainment, it was a Freudian slip. It's really more about entertainment and clicks than it is about media. And so they will mischaracterize, even lie, smear, take part in the kinds of things that are intentionally strategized to diminish a candidate in people's eyes. We went through that last time and we're going through it now. Um we know what happened last time where, you know, the in the Democratic Party The fingers, you know, DNC put their fingers on the scale, tipped it, you know, only it was that she had to be the candidate. And now it's just okay. you can have one of these six. So I believe that it's the role of the media and political parties to facilitate the process of democracy not to dictate the process of democracy the power should be hand in the hands of the people and the only purpose of media and political parties is to empower the voter not to disempower them through such insidious means
0: we're speaking with marianne williamson a democratic candidate for president she's here in chicago we're going to take a quick break this is your sunday spin Welcome back to your Sunday Spin. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune here in the WGN Skyline studio. Joining me on the phone is author and activist Marianne Williamson. She is a Democratic contender for the nomination for President of the United States, who is in Chicago, has been in Chicago for the past few days. Uh, Marianne, I was curious... Uh, Do you feel that all of this, the issue of impeachment and all of the attention that is going on surrounding uh, the move by House Democrats to investigate Donald Trump, whether that has kind of sucked out some of the oxygen in the room in this Democratic presidential campaign?
1: Well, it has. But on the other hand, there's nothing we can do about that because the impeachment proceedings, I think, are valid and necessary. So this is one of those moments when Americans just have to make sure that we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Um, this is obviously impeachment uh, is a very dramatic type of situation, but there are a lot of dramatic situations going on at this time. Uh, this is simply a moment for all of us to hold a lot of um, uh, a lot of a lot of things in our minds at the same time. You can't do politics as a part time uh process today can you this really takes a lot of focus and a lot of attention and i think that we can't be responsible citizens any other way we simply have to watch impeachment and watch everything else you know it's not just that it sucks the energy out of the out of the the campaign too much of this sucks the energy out of the things we most need to be looking at when we have 93 million people in america living in near poverty When we have 100,000 homeless children in the United States, when we have elementary school students on suicide watch, when we have millions of American children who don't even have the classroom situation that allows them to learn uh, to read by, by the age of eight, and if they can't learn to read by the age of eight, the chances of high school graduation are drastically diminished. The chances of incarceration are drastically increased. When we have um, uh, 43 million hungry Americans, when we have a national security agenda that is driven so much more by short-term profits for the defense industry than by any proactive effort to declare and wage peace in the world. When we have the contaminants in our water, when we have the carcinogens in our food, when we have so many elements that lead to higher chronic illness among us and other nations. These are issues that we can't afford to distract ourselves from. And when we allow ourselves to be distracted, that is giving a pass to the political establishment, which wishes us to be distracted from those things, because so much of the money that floods the political establishment doesn't go forth helping people, because helping people in the situations that I just mentioned does not necessarily increase corporate profit. So yeah, there's a. This is a moment. In order to navigate this moment, we must all be deep thinkers. And yeah, there's a lot to think about. And you know, Thomas Paine said, "These are times that try men's souls." And I think for a really thinking and conscious person today, this is a trying time. But uh, it's our it's our generation's turn to rise to the occasion, the way other generations have risen to the occasion in their times
0: you are co-founder of the peace alliance and you uh, as part of your political platform support the creation of a a cabinet us department of peace given the uh, circumstances going on in syria and the decision by the president to withdraw us military from there the turkish uh, invasion of northern syria the uh, and uh, the attacks on kurdish allies uh, I, I'm just curious, what are your views? The saying, well, th- they've been fighting each other for hundreds of years.
1: I think the president is completely wrong. Uh, I would not have removed those troops. You know, bring them home is not a foreign policy. It's just a slogan. It's just a cheap and easy knee-jerk slogan. The truth of the matter is the Kurds have been very loyal allies. Uh, our abandonment of the Kurds is not only immoral, but it is also a terrible signal that we're giving to other allies and prospective allies, saying that we cannot be necessarily trusted, that our word is not good. I think we all want troops brought home from the Middle East as, as soon as possible. But we must uh, – We. it's not just whether or not you exit, it's how you exit. So I think that um, uh, the president's move in Syria – Obviously had nothing. I I don't believe that it had so much to do with an honorable uh, desire uh, to leave so much as it had to do with distracting the American people from the impeachment inquiry and throwing red meat to his base. Um, So, no, I think it's terrible. And as you and I speak, as you and I speak, uh, a slaughter is occurring. Um, that is unconscionable for the United States to have even indirectly have participated in.
0: I wanted to ask you about one of your signature issues in the campaign, <laughs> which is uh, uh, advocating uh, reparations for slavery. and, and you've been a long time uh, advocate of that. How would that work?
1: My plan is for a reparations council. Now the reparations council would be made of let's say thirty five to fifty people, all of them descendants from American slaves. Uh, from a wide array of academia, perhaps, in culture and politics, uh, there is a professor named Sandy Darity, for instance, at Duke University, uh, who has done extensive work on the topic of reparations, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates has written about about it, and so forth. My idea, and the plan that I put forth, is for $500 billion that would be dispersed over a period of 20 years, and the stipulation on the part of the U.S. government would be that the money is to be uh, used for purposes of educational and economic renewal. Now, let's remember, this is an economic stimulus. This is not a debt that the United States is losing. This will actually contribute to the United States economy. There was a study done recently that if black Americans earned as much wealth as white Americans, white families, that our our economy would be $1.5 trillion larger. But for me, while that's a good thing, um, it's, it's good because doing the right thing always leads to good, ultimately. And the United States, just like any individual, cannot have the future we want unless and until we're willing to clean up the past. Addressing the economic gap between black and white that was created by three and a half centuries of institutional violence against blacks is simply a moral imperative. It is a blessing not only on black America, on white America. I don't see, for me as a candidate, this is not a black agenda. This is an American agenda. It's time to take the next big step. Just like Germany did. Germany paid $89 billion in in reparations to Jewish organizations after World War II. And while it doesn't mean that the Holocaust didn't happen, it has gone far towards establishing reconciliation between Germany and the Jews of Europe. And I believe that it's time for the United States to take this step as well.
0: That's Marianne Williamson. She is a Democratic candidate for the nomination for President of the United States. Marianne, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank
1: you very much for having me.